Hi, my name is Yara and I'm the host of Life After Birth. Before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the Wajak Noongar people, the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded. I send my respects and reverence to Wajak Noongar elders, past, present and emerging. On this podcast, we share stories and wisdom about the ups and downs of our mothering experiences, much like the First Nations people of Australia have done so through their storytelling for over 60,000 years. Through their oral traditions, the Wajak Noongar people have supported and celebrated one another and have passed down knowledge, values and lessons, providing a testament of the power and significance of sharing our own stories. In honouring them, we recognise the importance of storytelling in understanding our past, navigating our present and shaping our future. My hope is that this podcast carries this spirit forward in our conversations, acknowledging that while our stories may differ, they all hold value and contribute to our shared human experience. Hey Mama, I'm Yara Heary and this is Life After Birth. This is where you can find honest and vulnerable conversations that lift the veil on how mothers really experience life after birth. Join me as I talk to the experts in the parenting space, but not as you've heard them before. These conversations explore the common humanity in all our lived experiences as mothers, so that you're left feeling seen, heard, validated, and bolstered in your ability to weather your mothering storms. Hey mamas, this week on the podcast, we have another Seeds for Your Garden segment And today I'll be talking about the transformative power of reparenting for mothers and in fact for any parent. So to get started, let's first get clear on what we mean by reparenting. Reparenting is a process where we consciously nurture and care for our inner child, providing the love, support, guidance and boundaries that we may have missed in our own childhood. And the inner child refers to the part of us that retains the memories, emotions and experiences from our early childhood. It represents our childlike innocence, our curiosity, our vulnerability, and it influences our our beliefs, our behaviors and our emotional well-being. And this actually really goes on all the way into adulthood. Providing reparenting to this part of us, this inner child part, supports our healing and growth by allowing us to become that loving, nurturing parent that we always wanted for ourselves. And, you know, for some people, they were they were fortunate enough, although it shouldn't be a case of being fortunate, but they did have the experiences of having someone like that. But there are many people um, in this world who didn't experience loving and nurturing parents. So the process of reparenting allows us to actually give that back to that inner child, to that child part of us that still exists. Now, I mentioned that reparenting has transformational power. And what I have both experienced for myself and witnessed in my clients is that this practice creates space for more joy in someone's mothering experience and more capacity for us to show up in greater alignment with our values. So what that means is that who we want to be as mothers and how we behave are actually in greater alignment. And this comes about in many ways, but one of the most obvious ones for me is that because of the healing that reparenting provides, we can be less triggered by certain interactions with our children and with others. And this really speaks to the healing of attachment trauma or wounding that we may be carrying from our earliest experiences 
within our own family of origins. And I'll talk a little bit more about that a bit later on. So let's take a look at how reparenting can transform your lived experience as a mother. So firstly, reparenting allows us to really cultivate a deeper sense of self-compassion. So many of us, you know, really hold ourselves to these very high standards. And when we reparent ourselves, we actually learn to embrace our imperfections and to treat ourselves with kindness and understanding. And when we practice self-compassion, we really free ourselves from the burden of constant sort of self-judgment. And this, you know, understandably allows us to experience more joy and acceptance in our daily lives. Secondly, reparenting helps us reconnect with our true desires and our true needs. So we can be so focused on meeting the needs of our children and our families that we really lose touch with our own desires and our own passions. So through reparenting, we learn to listen to our inner voice and to really honor our own needs. And this self-awareness can lead to a really renewed sense of purpose and fulfillment. And what about our relationships? So when we reparent ourselves, we are actually able to heal some of the wounds from our own childhood. And importantly, the hurts we experienced within our own families of origin are the foundations of insecure attachment styles. And what we know about attachment styles is that they tend to repeat themselves along the generations within a family. And this is fine, of course, unless it's an insecure attachment style that is moving through the generation. So obviously that's not something that we want to perpetuate. Unfortunately, what we know through the literature and what I have seen is that when someone has the insight and the drive to notice that there are unhealed wounds that need attention, they do have the power to break the cycle of unhealthy relating. And reparenting supports that cycle breaking and allows us to show up more present and emotionally available for our children. It helps us to become more attuned to their needs. And I think in part that's because we're more attuned to our own needs and it allows us to empathize and respond to them, to our children's needs with greater sensitivity. And the beautiful thing about this is it isn't only the change that we experience in the relationship with our children, but it's also a change that we can see in our relationship with our partners, our friends, our extended family, you know, our our co-workers. It starts to change the way that we relate to others in general. And I also really want to mention anger here and in particular the triggers for our anger. So often the triggers for our own anger in our parenting are not actually the behavior of our children, but they are instead what certain behaviors remind us of. So maybe it's the narrative that you're never heard. Hello, that's one that shows up for me or not seen. Maybe it's a reminder of how uncomfortable or scary it felt for you to express big feelings as a child. Sometimes there isn't necessarily a memory in a cognitive sense. It's more of just a bodily experience or a somatic memory. And so it may just be this overwhelm that you automatically start to feel, you know, or a sense of helplessness in response to, you know, a demand from your baby or your children, maybe it's conflict, maybe it's your child showing anger that makes you uncomfortable. What all of these things have in common is that we are not being triggered by what is actually happening in the moment, 
but rather by what the present moment is reminding us of. And this is almost always rooted in the hurts of our childhood experiences, our early childhood experiences. And I raise this here because when we reparent and work through those hurts, we are then less likely to be triggered by those memories in our day-to-day parenting and relating. So the next question that you may have (laughs) and the natural progression of where we're going is how can you get started on your reparenting journey? And here are my top three ways to get started. So first of all, we need to be able to give ourselves permission to prioritize ourselves. So you need to give yourself permission to prioritize you and to prioritize taking the time to get clear about your own needs. Now, I know this sounds basic, I get that, but the truth is that reparenting at its core is about caring for yourself as a parent would lovingly care for their child. So whether it's setting aside time for rest and respite, I like to call that white space. So it's literally creating space in my week or in my day where I just don't have anything booked in so that I have flexibility about what I may want to do at that particular time, whether it's about engaging in activities that you love or, or reconnecting with activities that you love, you know, if you're going through that sort of matrescence phase or whether it's about, you know, seeking support from a therapist or, you know, a coach or a body worker, taking care of your own needs is essential. And one of the most basic ways that I encourage my clients to begin prioritizing themselves is to engage in what I call a body and feelings check-in throughout the day. So this is asking yourself, how am I feeling right now in my body and in my feelings? What do I need in this moment? And so some of the things that can come from that is, do I need to go to the toilet? Do I need to have a drink? Am I hungry? Am I hot? Am I cold? Am I feeling keyed up and tense? Do I need five minutes of silence in the bedroom? Do I need to call a friend? Do I need to call my partner and ask to tag out? What is it that you need in this moment? You know, because I think that as mothers, we are so busy, you know, mothers and parents, we're so busy focused on and prioritizing the needs of our children in particular and our families that we can really often forget to meet our most basic needs. And this is one of the ways that we really do a disservice to ourselves as as mothers, as parents. And I think this is such a basic and easy and achievable way that all of us can start to actually refocus our attention on ourselves and on how we're going moment to moment. So it's such a small thing, but I think it's such a big thing actually in terms of the impact. And also I work with this concept of the hierarchy of needs. And so that's kind of like a pyramid that has all of these different types of needs for us as mothers. And I often talk about this with people when I'm working with them around anger, but in fact, even around things like resentment, frustration, all of that sort of stuff. And the foundational level or or base there for that pyramid is actually basic needs. And that includes things like sleep, nutrition, and movement. And this is assuming that you have housing and and safety, right, taken care of. And what I find when I work with mothers is that so many of us are not even meeting these very basic needs for sleep, nutrition, hydration, 
and movement. And movement doesn't need to be exercise. It can be stretching. It it is just about movement. And I love movement being in there as well because it allows us to do somatic processing as well of big feelings and, you know, things that have happened. So I love that movement is in there for that reason as well. So we really need to refocus on these very basic needs. And I think, you know, a parent is also tasked with the job of setting boundaries. And sometimes part of the reparenting is setting boundaries for ourselves. So if we're not meeting these very basic needs like sleep, nutrition, and movement, why are we not meeting those needs? Is it that we need boundaries with other people or do we need boundaries with ourselves and really holding ourselves accountable in the same way as a loving parent would do with their child, right? So secondly, I think the practice of self-compassion is so critical to living a life well-lived in general, no matter what phase of life or who you are. It is absolutely vital to living a good life. And I think alongside with that is the practice of challenging our own self-critical thoughts. So I think when it comes to reparenting, these are two really big things, right? So treating ourselves with the same kindness and understanding that we would offer to a very loved friend or a family member or maybe even our partners, right? So, and if you find self-compassion hard in tough moments, I would be asking yourself, what would I tell a friend that I loved in this same situation that can really help us generate self-compassion? And then the other one that I like to use, especially when I've like made a mistake in my parenting or in my relationship with my husband is asking myself, what is my most generous interpretation of why I acted that way or why I said that? And Anyone who has worked with me before or maybe you've heard me speak on, you know, this podcast or other podcasts will know that that's also a prompt that I encourage people to use when we're making sense of our children's behavior as well, because it allows us to pull ourselves out of our own inner narrative and our own triggering and actually refocus on what is happening in this moment for our child. And similarly, using this for ourselves allows us to refocus on what is happening for us you know, and maybe it's like we're, we're tuning in there to, okay, my basic needs are not met and I'm feeling a bit like I'm falling apart. I'm exhausted or I'm very dehydrated or I just really haven't seen my friends in a while and I need to have a conversation with them. Or it may be getting at some deeper kind of stuff, right, like that exists from family of origin that influences why you're showing up in a particular way in a relationship, right? So it just allows us to to be gentle with ourselves, right? Because we're asking for what is the most generous interpretation of why I acted that way or why I said that. I really want you to remember that you're so deserving of love and gentleness as are your children and that you deserve that even when you make mistakes. And that's something that we really want to teach our children as well. And my last tip or suggestion is to explore your own childhood experiences and identify areas that need healing. Now, this is one that you can get started on on your own. And, you know, it can be as simple as journaling. And when I say journaling, it doesn't have to be very structured. It can literally just be a brain dump. 
So maybe you've heard this episode and it's brought up some stuff for you and some consideration of your own childhood experiences. Just dump it all on a piece of paper. You will be amazed at the processing that can happen simply through that. But if we want to get deeper, seeking therapy is the way to go. Like having someone else who can hold that space for you so that you can actually just be deeply engaged in the processing and in the reflection and in the feeling of what is happening in those sessions is really, really important. And so, you know, in therapy, when we're doing deeper reparenting and in the child work, it can look like parts work. So that can involve like actually doing kind of dialogue with inner parts that are involved, or it could look like guided imagery practices where we're actually revisiting certain kinds of interactions or experiences that you had as a child. And we're actually like rewriting what they looked like or providing nurturance and love to the inner child in that particular experience as well. And it's really incredibly profound how powerful that work can be. Almost everyone that I have worked with, whether that's in my group format or whether it's in one-on-one, always says they're completely surprised by how deep that has actually been. And I think it's amazing. The neuroplasticity in the brain is just fascinating. And I think what you know parts work and guided imagery really capitalize on is that neuroplasticity in the brain so we're able to actually re-establish or to establish new neural pathways and things like that so even though you know in real life history is what history is by doing imagery by doing inner dialogue we're just activating new pathways in the brain which mean that you know, we're potentially less likely to be triggered in the future or that we just have a new kind of memory associated with something that happened in the past that maybe wasn't so nice. We now have a new memory that has some love, that has some nurturance. So it's really incredible. And I just want to let you know that for those of you who may be listening to this episode and are thinking that you would like to begin on your reparenting journey, I want to let you know that Inner child work is a core component of my 13-week group coaching program for mothers. It's called The Rebirth. There are pre-recorded modules and in particular for the inner child work and family of origin work, there's pre-recorded content that provides more learning opportunities about this work. It also includes workbooks with journaling prompts to support you in getting to know your inner landscape better. And also there are live guided imagery practices that help to reconnect you to that inner child and experience that receiving of love and nurturance. I open enrollment to the rebirth a few times a year and the next one will, well, the next enrollment will open in June with a group starting in mid-July. And this will be the last intake for 2023. If you're interested, I have a link that you can visit in the show notes for more information about the rebirth and to register for the waitlist. I always offer early bird pricing for waitlisters before opening enrollment to the public. So if this sounds like something you might want to do, I really highly recommend getting on the waitlist because you will be the first to know and also because you can take advantage of that um, early bird pricing as well. And I feel like this is a good place to end. Those are my top three ways. So giving yourself permission to prioritize you, getting clear on your own needs, practicing self-compassion and challenging these self-critical thoughts 
and then really getting deeper and exploring your own childhood experiences and working on specific areas that need healing. As I said, whether that's in journaling, whether that's in group format, whether that's seeking one-on-one therapy, they're all beautiful ways of actually getting deeper. So that's it from me today. I hope this episode has given you a better understanding of why reparenting is such a powerful tool for us as parents and one that I think we should all be practicing. You deserve a mothering experience where your needs are held up side by side with those of the rest of your family. I hope you're able to receive that to let it land and bloom within you. Thanks so much for joining me, Mama. If you enjoyed this episode, I would just love for you to leave me a review and follow or subscribe to be notified when the next episode drops. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me over at Instagram where my handle is at lifeafterbirthpsychology and you can find out more about how I can support you on your mothering journey at my website www.lifeafterbirth.com.au. See you back here soon for our next chat.